Thank you guys did a great job. I have done just what you guys did. I walked and started to get up on that, and that song wasn't over. So I understand how that works. I told this, this is new daddy Devin right here. Yeah, his, his baby, baby girl's beautiful, Cassie and, and him. They just had a brand new baby, Grandma and Grandpa, John and Sheila, somewhere around. So there they are. And look, Uncle Aiden is back there, too. There's Mom. I see Cassie back there. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful baby. Hey, you know, I mean, I, I, I've heard this before. Maybe it's just running. But, you know, you, this has been, everybody's ready for spring. How many of you are done with snow? Isn't it amazing how you feel that way once you get older? When you were a kid, it's like snow day, snow day. We homeschooled our kids. There was no snow days. They're like, we don't have school today. It's a snow day. You're homeschooled. <laughs> anyway, you know, I had heard that they reported uh, the man that wrote the Hokey Pokey, longest funeral ever written. Longest one. They put his right foot in, took his right foot out, put his... That's an old joke. But anyway, just thought you might need a laugh today. He's good. Spring is coming. We've got, we are so stoked and excited for TLC. So many things are starting to happen, and God has got us to this point. We are getting ready to put our vision wall out there so you can see the phases that we're going for building and, and uh, making improvements and doing all of that. We've revamped stuff, and we're going to be pouring into our leaders, and we've changed so many things. But you know what? For such a time as this, it's so good for that to happen. It's just, it's, it's time. It's ready. We're excited. People are excited. We've got the best group of leaders I think we've ever had. God has just been so good to us. We've been talking about living blessed. And so this is week five in this series, just living blessed. And, and everybody wants to be blessed. And sometimes we get that thing where people, oh, yeah, 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 church, blessed, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to be super hyper-spiritual, you, you've met those people, and they're good people, but every time you talk to them, I'm high, oh, I'm blessed, and I'm walking on clouds. Jesus, is, he's right here on my shoulder. I get it, um, but we also have to be real. I want to I live blessed to the point where I don't really have to say anything. People just see my life, and I can just point to God. Isn't that what signs do? They point to something bigger than you. It's God. God takes care of me. God does what he does. I had a guy that I've known for years. Actually, we bought a house off of him years ago, and we lived on Irvin Shoots and more a wonderful guy, you know, and he did car work for me. Called me out of the blue. And then I answered the phone. I was like, I look, in color ID, a wonderful thing. I'm like, wow, I haven't talked to this guy in years. I, I'm like, hello? And, and this is how he answered, hello, son. And so if you're watching, I love you, man. <laughs> so before we get going, let's, let, let us say hi to the online crowd. God bless you guys. We got people watching from all over, states all over the United States. So we're very thankful for that. But he said, hello, son. I said, hey, how you doing? And he said, well, you know, we got to talking. I said, I don't live on the boulevard anymore. You know, where'd you move? So I told him where I moved to. And, uh, you know, and he asked me, he said, what? Then he asked me this. He said, what did you do, hit the lottery? And I said, no, I didn't hit the lottery. I said, I told you since the day I met you, God always takes care of me. And this was his answer. Heard that. The conversation was done because I had already explained that when I first met him. God always takes care of me. Now, that isn't to say, ooh, ooh, look at me. What I'm saying is anything that I have is God's. And that is a testimony of his goodness. Somebody say amen. God is good. 
I mean, he is just amazing. I'm not saying we never have issues, we never have problems. If you live in this life and you're breathing, in this life you will have tribulation. Some weeks are more turbulent than others. <laughs> but, you know, we all get through that by the grace and the goodness of God. I want to talk to us this morning about words. How many knows that words matter? That's the title of this message in this series, Words Matter. Our first thought is that words have power. Sometimes we don't think so, but they give life or death, the Bible says. We use words to communicate. They say they've done studies that a woman says about 50,000 words a day, and a man says about half that, or only needs to say half that or less. All of the men give me a hoorah. Well, that was terrible. All of the men give me a hoorah. One, two, three. There you go. So you wonder why your wife's like, I just need you to talk to me. We've already said all words by the time we get home. But words matter. I mean, that's how we communicate. That's how we know. Now, of course, if you're a mom, how many moms are in the building? Your baby, your kids don't even have to talk to you. You can just look at them. Oh, what's wrong? You don't look good. I don't like the way your eyes look. Those kind of things. They just seem to know that stuff. You need to tell me something? No, mama. Yes, you do. Sit down. And you're not getting up till you tell me. You know, those kind of things. So we use words. And words help create feelings and emotions. And, they, and, and actually reactions to whatever we're saying. How you respond. Body movement and with words can mean something totally different. My daughter was laughing the other day because she, she witnessed somebody that just pulled out in front of somebody and this is what they did. Well, she didn't say anything. But that doesn't mean, have a lucky day. I mean, this is awesome. No, this is just like, mm, 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 mm. you did wrong. She was cracking up with that. Words can make a situation go up, or they can make a situation go down. The level of your tone. How are you doing? Fine! Is different than how are you doing? I'm fine. Saying the same thing, but different. Of course, that's an oxymoron, same but different. People will say the name of a sickness or disease like cancer. Right now, people say COVID. People get, they, they get afraid. Even Christians sometimes are more moved by what the doctor, what the banker, or what somebody else says than what they are, than what the word of God says. Words matter. Sometimes that's our problem. We put too much Wait on what somebody says compared to what God says. We give a platform to maybe a curse or negative things that have been spoken. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today. You know, you got the news about what, what's happening, war and all of the things that are going on with all that. There's been talk of recession. Not the first time we've heard that. One is coming and we should plan. And I'm not saying you shouldn't plan. I want you to hear me. How many knows there's wisdom in putting some, if God's telling you to put some things ahead? It's nice to know we have, we have a room and we literally call the room the apocalypse room. It really, it's like a, a root cellar room. It's, it's cold, it's all cement, 
I, I don't know why, they, but that's really cool. It's like a bomb shelter room. I don't know, but it's really cold in there. And so we have shelves in there, and we have stuff in there. But, you know, it's nice to go, oh, I mean, you know, we're out of peanut butter. Oh, just go down to the apocalypse room, pull you out a jar of peanut butter. I think I will. I mean, there's just stuff down there. And it's okay to store things. If the Lord's telling you to put some things back, go ahead. We went into the store yesterday, and I'm telling you, it, the store was ransacked. There was, I mean, I watched some dude, he goes, where's all the meat? That was his question. There's no burger. And it was just wiped out. Then you go down the bread aisle. Hardly any bread. Hardly any milk. And I, I asked Pastor Kim, I said, did we miss something? And there was a lot of people just, you know, and I'm like, okay. But if God is telling you, hey, you just, you know, put some things back or do some things, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm trying to tell you is operate in fear. We don't have to be afraid. Come on, somebody. The Lord is on my side. I do not fear. I do not, I do not, I'm not pushed by fear. You know, fear is of the enemy. Back in 2007 and 2009, there was a recession hit. And if you remember, the government was giving out stat or stimulus checks. Remember that? Money. And it's supposed to be, there were some reports, it's going to be the end of the world. And during some of that time, there's people that bought into all of that, committed suicide. How many remember Y2K? All of this stuff. I mean, we're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. You know, we had a service at y Y2K, and we, we tripped the breakers just to mess with people. <laughs> hey, when your ornery, it just comes out, okay? <laughs> On a prayer vigil. <gasps> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you know, during some of this stuff that's happening in the world, God may have you do something totally opposite than what the world is doing. He may say, this is the time I want you to give more than you've ever given. Or I want you to sow. I want you to do this. I want you to build a new phase on this. Or I want you it could be something totally like going against the grain. I'm here to tell you this morning, many times when God challenged me, it's like swimming upstream. Everybody else seems to be going this way, and he's saying, go this way. Have you ever pet a cat backwards? <laughs> That's kind of what it's like. It's like, ah. But yet with God, come on, all things are possible to him that believe. What looks like impossible to man, God says, you watch. You have to be able to choose to do what he says rather than what the world is telling you. Sounds easy. Just believe and follow. Seems easy. But we both, and all of us in here know, sometimes it's not as easy. Sometimes easier said than done. A lot of what we do in life is perspective. How we view it. What's your take on it? Some things will bother somebody that may not bother somebody else. My wife will hear something. She'll say, did you hear that? I didn't hear that. I mean, I didn't hear it the way she heard You know what I'm saying? Or if you're talking, if you're married, you said this, you said that. I did say that, but that's not how I meant it. That's how I took it. So even in just any kind of relationship, I get it. Perspective. What have you made up your mind to do? We have above our dining room table 
As for me and my house, says in Joshua, we will serve the Lord. We have made up our mind, and that's where your battle is. We will serve the Lord. What's that look like? Whatever he says. What's his word say? It's outlined for me. So I'll do my best to follow that roadmap. Some of the hardest things that you ever do is get to the place where what you hear from God, the truth that he speaks to your heart, is more real than what anything else you hear, but it's going to cost you to go against the grain. Do you know Jesus went against the grain? Think about it. He went against the grain. They expected him to show up this way. He showed up that way. They didn't want him to heal on the Sabbath. He healed on the Sabbath. He did things not the way they thought. I can't see. I'll spit in the mud. I'll put it on your eyes. Oh, that sounds good. We're going to have some mud spitting class right after church today. If you have any eyesight problems, we'd like to smear mud on your eyes. It would almost be like, what? Crippled people, just stick your hand out. I, I can't. Yes, you can. Just stick your hand out. And then they would do that, and it would become healed. Go dip seven times. I don't want to dip seven times. Well, then enjoy the leprosy. So many things against the grain. What God is telling you, what is he saying to you right now in this time with your neighborhood, with your family, with your workplace? What's more real than even your family, your relatives, the professor at college or school? How about more real than the government? What is your core? What is really down deep? It's that simple. What do you really believe? You take everything else away, what do you believe? Our second thought this morning, not only do words matter, words make us accountable. Words are important, but words make us accountable. No excuses. Listen to this. The devil can't do anything to you without your consent or cooperation. I want you to think about that for a second. The devil can't do anything to you without your consent or your cooperation. And we don't like to admit that because it takes away excuses. It takes away the devil made me do it. it. takes away he's fighting against me and he is fighting against you. You know that. But last I checked, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It takes away the excuse, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Our children, we've got four amazing children. They're all adults now. But when they were little, they were just saying, I can't help it. I remember Maddie, who's back in kids' church now, back in kids' town. We'd say, you need to behave. And this is what she would say, it's hard being have. I mean, Maddie, she had everybody's will wrapped up into one child. I'm not kidding. She would, she would act up in church because she would know if I act up in church, she can't get me. <laughs> well, Mama took care of that. She said, you act up in church, you will sit right by the... So she would make her sit. That's a little distracting. 
Because you got a kid up there that's looking like one of those kids from a foreign country. Because now she's in trouble. So then we had to say, okay, we, got, we can't do that because all the focus then is on sad eyes. So she would say, you either behave because I will stop. And I will give the service to your dad if need be. And I will take you out. We had a full church. And Maddie said, I will try this. Not a good idea. So Kim did what she needed to do. She gave her the look. You've had the look. The Sunday morning, you ain't ever going to like this when I get to you look. She took her out of the building. Well, not out of the building. Out of the auditorium. And on the way out, Maddie yells back, pray for me. (laughs) Kind of kills the anointing right there. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We'd go back to the nursery and she'd be sitting in timeout. We'd say, what? Why is she in timeout? Well, she went up. She wanted that toy. The kid wouldn't give it to her, so she slapped him, took the toy, and went and put herself in timeout. We didn't even have to tell her to go. We teach him well at our house. She was all that balled into one. We're like, oh, help me, Jesus. Come quickly. I can't help it. You can. She would say, this is what her mom would say. And she told all the kids, if you love Jesus, if you ask Jesus, yes, then you have the spirit of self-control. You have that gift. You don't have to listen and do that. It takes away, I'm not responsible. It takes away, it's not my fault. If he can only do what we give him rights to do, so how does that work? I'm telling you how it works. It's by believing the wrong things. I'm guilty of this one. I'm only human. And that's true. We're all only human. But if we use that as an excuse, I'm human. I have to be like everybody else. Everybody else is doing it. Or I have to be in debt up to my eyeballs if I want to have anything. I'll probably catch the flu. I'm breaking this. I'm not saying it as literal, but these are things that we've said. I'll probably catch the flu when it comes around. I've had people say, well, if one kid gets it, the whole family's going to get it. You really want that? Pastor, is this what you're saying? Are you saying that this is my fault? Yep. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying, and it's my fault too. So I'm not excluded from this. It applies to me just like it applies to you. Here's a fun fact. But if the enemy is so big and so strong and I can't by any means stop him, wouldn't that be a deal breaker? Then the scripture's not true. But if the word is always true, because if it's my fault, now think about it, if it's my fault, then I can do something about it. I can change, I can repent, I can turn. If I'm the problem of all things, that's kind of good news because I can change me. We have to stop having a victim mentality. Oh, Brett, if only I had more money. If only so-and-so would help me. If this had never happened, this person hurt me. I understand life is tough. But if we keep looking for someone to give us something, or because someone ruined our life, so to speak, and we could never get past it, we have to stop. 
We have to snap out of it. Nobody owes you anything. It's time we take responsibility for our own lives. What the Lord has told me all this week is just getting ready for this. We need to look in the mirror and say, I got to take care of me for him and for the people that I'm responsible for. Got to take responsibility for my own life. I have to begin to declare it's not what other people do or don't do. I'm the one who has the authority and the power of God. I'm choosing life, and through Jesus, I will succeed. What has God done for you? What has Jesus done for you? You and I need to discover who we are and whose we are and begin to walk in that confidence, what we have in Jesus. If you take your authority and start standing, you'll prosper. Now, you've all heard of John Hagee. He's been around for a long time. There, you can, I think you can see this even on YouTube. John Hagee was standing in the pulpit. Now, we have security here, all of that. But you're standing in the pulpit. The church is big, almost as big as this. Faith. Anyway, so, uh, and somebody came down the center aisle, loaded gun. And, and fired, I want to say it was like six shots or something. Point blank. Bang, bang, bang. You know, it was happening before anybody knew what was going on. Did you know not one of those shots hit Pastor John? They found shots that were in the wall on both sides. And the best account they could say, it was almost, and of course they didn't see this, it was almost as if an angel was just standing there swatting those bullets. There's no other reason for those to go clear off. I mean, they... I think it's on YouTube. If it's not, some, some account of it is on there. What, what am I saying? What I'm saying is, what do you believe? Are you standing in faith and do you believe that God is the center of your belief system? Is he your core? Is this is, you know, kind of we're like, oh, Jesus is Lord of all. But is he? Is he Lord only on Sunday? If he's not Lord of all, maybe he's not really Lord at all for you. The Bible says the, the Lord has made you the head, not the tail. So today I want us to say no more excuses. I mean, no matter where you are, if you feel like, hey, I'm up here or I'm clear down here, I'm playing handball on the curb. Start somewhere. Start where you are, do what you can, use what you got. And watch God start taking you levels up. Deuteronomy 28, 13 says, If you listen to these commands, the Lord your God, that I am giving you today, you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. You will always be on top and never at the bottom. I like knowing that the Lord has got me. And if I choose him and walk in his way, the enemy can't get to me because I'm not going to give him an avenue. Our third thought this morning, words need to be broken. Brett, I've said too much. You don't even know. I, I got an agreement with a lot of stuff. They can be broken. Isaiah 54, 17. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. The New King James says it this way. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Notice the phrase, no weapon is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue or silence, every voice 
that rises against you in judgment or accuses you, depending on the version you have, these two, listen to what I'm saying, these two actions are linked together because words are weapons. If you hear somebody say, everybody's going to get the flu, or during the pandemic, everybody's going to get COVID several times. Now, if you're here, I'm not condemning you if that's happened to you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm telling you is to take a stand. Those are curses. Those are weapons. Don't get in agreement with them. So what do you do with those? You're going to be just like your father. Or you're going to be this, or you're that, or you're this. You're a loser. You're this. Don't get in agreement with that. You condemn those things. The enemy is trying, he's desperately trying to get people afraid and to react to fear tactics instead of being proactive and condemn his lies. Condemn those words and make a judgment call. You know that? You have the authority to make a judgment call. Do you, you know one thing I like, one of my favorite restaurants that I like to go to, Subway. You know why? Because I get to tell them what I want. Remember with Burger King, it was have it your way. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. I like going to Subway because I can say, they'll go, do you want toasted? Yes or no? I get to choose. Yes. What kind of cheese do you want on that? Yes or no? I get to choose. What kind of veggies do you want on that? <laughs> I get to choose. Would you like a lot of mayo or little mayo or no mayo? I get to choose. You get to choose. When words come at you, you can judge those words by what you get in agreement with. In the name of Jesus, you say stuff like, that's not for my house. Jesus said the word of God is like a seed. Mark 4, 14, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. 1 Peter 1, 23, you've been born again, but not a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. That scripture I just read, it doesn't just say death and life and a bunch of other stuff. No matter what you speak, it is pinpointed life and death. Everything you hear, speak, agree with, blessing or cursing, life and death. There are really no non-working words. One of the things I, how many in school remember diagramming sentences? I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. But what I hated worse was math. I told Kim when we were first married, we were in there, we were trying to figure out a budget. And I said, I, I hate math. When am I ever going to use math? She just looked at me like, what? What do you mean? Math is everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess it is. <clears throat> but geometry and pie. Just give me the pie, I'll eat it. <laughs> Why do I got to divide that thing up? Just give it. If it's cherry, it's mine. That's all I'm saying. Words bring life or death. And you all know it. There's, all, there's always people that in your, where you work or whatever, there's people that are positive, there's people that are negative. 
And you know that I know, and we all know, there are people that drain you if they're negative. There's always something wrong. But perspective is a big part of that. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. He loves them just like he loves you. But they need to turn and find out stuff like this. I need to redirect my thinking and get my heart in line with what the word of God says. I try not to hang around people of unbelief. I just don't hang around them. I mean, I'll talk to them and all that stuff, but I don't spend a lot of time with them because it matters who you hang out with. Because you know what? If you're around somebody that's negative all the time, sooner or later, you get negative rubs off. But the same thing with positive people, people of faith. That rubs off. I just protect what God has called me to do. Sometimes people ask me, well, I mean, should you be, you know, why don't you come out during this time or whatever? If, if I still have to minister, a lot of times I don't come out a lot. And it's not because I don't love people. I love people, but I'm protecting myself because I have something that I'm supposed to deliver. Does that make sense? I would rather talk to you after service a lot of times because I've delivered the message and I feel like I've protected what he's told me to do. But if I hear something, maybe it's on the radio or on TV, there's all kinds of commercials. How many love those medical commercials on TV? Taking this whatever, and then there's somebody that can talk 17,000 miles an hour. By taking this could cause death because you can lose your limbs. And you could probably die and cut off your head. I'm like, who's going to take that? But there are people that, you know, well, hey, they say it's going to help me in this... I might have 17 other things go wrong because of that, but I'm taking it. So I deal with stuff right away. If I hear something, my wife will do the same thing. We'll be in the car. If we hear something, I want it to be like water off a duck's back. If it doesn't line up with the word, they'll say, oh, you know, whatever. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, let me go this way. Do you talk to yourself? I do. They, do, they did stats on that, and they said a lot of people, most everybody talks to themselves. It's a high percentage. 70% of the people that talk to themselves, and I think the percentage was around 90-some percent, and probably even more, but 70% of the talk that when you talk to yourself is negative. So you listen to yourself say things like, have you ever done stuff like this? You did something wrong, and you go, stupid. Or, man. That was dumb, dumb, dumb. Played basketball when I was in school, and I remember a guy, every time he'd shoot, if he made it, he was happy. But if he missed it, which was most of the time, it was like, idiot. And he was like, why? Why did I even shoot that? You know, and I'm like, we're running to the other court because the other team got the ball. And I'm wanting to say, I don't even know anything, really, that all I knew was, you know, I was raised kind of in a Methodist church, and I just knew God and Jesus, and somebody was stuck in a rock, and it rolled away, and whatever. But I was like, I don't want to hear this guy talk anymore, because that, the other team was just laughing. I want it to be water off a duck's back. I want it to roll off. So if we hear something, we refuse to let it take root. So if we're watching TV or listening... So I'll deal with it or condemn it or we'll judge it or we say something just by happenstance. We'll catch each other. And we'll say, we break that. Let me, let me give you an example. Like on the radio, it might say, hey, it's flu season. Have you gotten your flu shot? I was on staff and the pastor always got his flu shot. He always got the flu. 
I never got a flu shot. I never got the flu. There's people that are, you got to get your vaccine. And I'm not here to make you feel bad whether you got it or not. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, there's people that got the vaccine. They've had all the boosters and they still got it. And there's people that have never had the vaccine and didn't get it or got a mild case of it and have gone on. I don't think they know exactly what's going on, honestly. But this is my response. If I heard something like that in the name of Jesus, I don't have a flu season at my house. There's no time that the word of God doesn't work. It's not coming near my house. If you're over 40, have you had prostate problems yet? My response, I don't have prostate problems. In the name of Jesus, by his stripes, I was healed. Now, I'm not against doctors or normal checkups. I'm not telling you not to get that stuff checked. I get that. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm not going to call negative things and give them life. If something has happened, then I'm going to speak life over it and command it to line up with the word of God. If I'm dealing with any issue that doesn't line up with that word, then I'm going to speak to that issue specifically. Listen to what I'm telling you. I'm going to speak to the mountain. I'm not going to tell God about my issue. Well, I'm going to break that. It's not my issue. I'm not going to tell God about the issue. I'm not going to claim it as mine. But I'm going to speak to that issue and tell that issue about my God. And I'm going to command that issue, you better line up with the word of God. Because there's a new sheriff in town, and buddy, it's time for eviction. And we just start claiming and proclaiming God's word. Did you know that things speak to you? Let me give you an example. Your bank statement. If there's nothing in it, or very little, or if it's in the red, it's telling you a lot, isn't it? Or if bills are due, and you haven't paid them yet. I know that feeling. They're talking loud. They say things like, you're in the hole. It's all going down. Faith doesn't work. Don't tithe. That's crazy. Don't do that now. God wouldn't want you to do that. He'd want you to save money for this. But Kim and I talk to our finances. When we give every week, we pray over it. She comes in. We pray over the seed. We believe God for multiplication. We sow it in good soil, and we believe God. We talk over our home. When we left today, we plead the blood of Jesus over our house. We pray angels around our home. Protect it. Keep it safe. I give my angels stuff to do. They probably get tired of me telling them what to do, but I'm allowed. So we do that. We pray over our kids. They don't live in the house anymore. Only Maddie lives with them. We still pray over every one of them. Pray peace, prosperity, victory, health, life. We pray over our grandkids. We call the stuff, if you have any debt, we call it paid in full. Does anybody else do that or am I just nuts? I break that, I'm not nuts. <laughs> Those that are watching online, boy, he hit that right on the head. Let me tell you, <laughs> pastor is, no, I'm not. But we call those things as not as though they are. We have gone as far as to put, we've made proclamations and things like that. Petitions to God. Added up whatever debt it is and said, by God, by, by this. And then we put scripture with it and call it paid. I got to tell some folks today, every day I, saw, I make a list out. I mean, I have a list. I know it by heart. Right now I have nine things on there plus some other things. But, you know, we moved into our house. I needed things because we hadn't lived in the country at least for a while and I hadn't lived in a place where I really needed a plow and a quad. I never had one before, but I like it. 
feel like Tim Taylor. More power. So I plowed, during that last snowstorm, I plowed the drive five times. But I needed to plow it. But Kim's out there, and she's looking at me. She's like, you and your, you're just so cute. But I love that. I was able to do that. By the grace of God, I had a list. I needed a log splitter. I got woods all around me, and I needed wood. I, I needed a log splitter. The things that I had on my list, they're all paid for. I have them. They're in my barn. I can split logs and feel like Daniel Boone. I can get on my quad. I don't know who plows, but I feel good. I even got a wagon, so in spring I can load stuff up and do whatever. But I call things. I believe for things. Because things are speaking without words. I call them, I'm going to put what God tells me to say. Here's our fourth thought. Words matter. Words were important, number one, we knew that, but now here's why they matter. They declare sides. Words drop the plumb line. And it's your choice. Now, when I was a kid, this is a true story. I used to pretend to be sick. You might appreciate this. I don't know if you've ever done this, but. <laughs> Remember back in the day when I was a kid, when they, you know, we wrote on stone tablets? My kids are like, they don't even know. Don't, the kids back in the day when we were young, do they even know what like a typewriter is? If you go ding, 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 they're like, why'd you slap the computer? But we had typewriter. We didn't have what they had. But anyway, we, I had this little heater. It looked like it came over with Noah or something. I mean, it was, just, it was rusty. It was old. My mom and dad, it was like, here, you can use this. Because my room was the coldest in the house. And there was no way my dad was going to buy a new heater. I might as well start a fire in my room if I want anything warmer. That was just, you know, he wasn't going to buy that. So, Dad, if you're watching, shame. No. <laughs> So I had this heater, and it had those little red bars that when you light up, they glow red. And it had a little screen on the front so you couldn't put your hand through and grab those. Not that you would. But I, I didn't want to go to school. So I'd turn on that heater, and I'd go get down on the floor, and I'd get my face right by that heater. And I'd wait till I start feeling sweat on my heater, and I'd just, Mom! I don't feel good. I'd get under the covers and pull them up. She'd come in and she'd say, my, you're warm. <laughs> I'd say, that's right, mama. I don't feel good. Because I usually had a test or quiz that day of which I did not study for. <laughs> she said, oh, I don't know. You, you better, not, better not go to school this morning. And I'd, she'd, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> then I'd hear her on the phone, hello, doctor. I need to get my son in there today. She'd take me to the doctor, of which every time I'd go to the doctor, he would give me a shot in my glutamus maximus. <laughs> I don't even know what was in the shot. But every time he gave me a shot, guess where I went after that? School. So I ended up at school anyway, and now with a sore rear end. And my mom would think, boy, the shot does wonders. I wasn't even sick. Why are you telling me this story? Because <laughs> you have choices. You just have choices. But here's what my mom didn't do. And I love my dad and my mom, and they know I'm kidding. This is what, she didn't coddle sickness. They were busy. She just, she just didn't. I mean, I literally had to be really sick, and I couldn't fake it. 
And then she would be like, okay. And you'd stay home and everybody knew Price is Right came on, then Love Boat. None of you know what I'm talking about, but don't worry about it. Anyway, she didn't coddle sickness. So, you know, in our house, we just, we, we just tried to keep our kids focused on God. And so if they were sick, we took care of it, but we didn't coddle it. I mean, there's wisdom in trying to, you know, hey, just don't exert yourself. I need you to take it easy, but here's what I want you to do. This is what I want you to say. Now, listen to what I'm telling you. I know I, I like being funny. That's part of who I am, but I need you to hear what I'm really trying to tell you. Instead of what the world is giving you, instead of what the doctor, what if you took the gospel pill? What if this was the pill you took? And I said, okay, here's what you need. This is what the Bible says. Take this three times a day. What if we did that? And we started claiming and calling our body, the mountain, whatever's wrong, in line with the God, with the word. So my wife was just awesome. She would, just, she would take care of the kids. She would make sure if they were sick, she would take care of them. She wasn't mean to them or anything like She would take care of them. But she wouldn't coddle the sickness. She would rebuke the sickness. She would come against what was coming against them. Come on. Because somehow that needs to be dealt with. And so if I'm the sheriff, she's the sheriff. If I'm not there, she has full authority. She can go in there. And I'm telling you, she would just kick that sickness out. My kids' length of them being sick would last almost nothing compared. Oh, they were down for two weeks. Not if mama's on board, uh-uh. Don't encourage it. Use wisdom, encourage the word of God. Psalm 91.10, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. People are going to think you're radical. What's new? But how, you know, there's people, that, how dare you believe in the midst of this, what's going on, that you could be prosperous and be in victory and, and walk healed. According to the word, we can. And sometimes I just need to line up myself, well, all of the time with the word. And I have not always done that. One of the most popular beliefs today, well, God controls everything. And he's sovereign. And before you turn me off, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. And again, part of the reason there's some humor in this is so some of the other stuff is easier. This little spoonful of sugar to help some of the other medicine go down. I'm not Mary Poppins, don't look anything like her, but <laughs> God is, he has put everything in place. He did create the world. He did do, but he made choices for you to make. He gave you things to choose. Choose this day whom you will serve. We talked about it in Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Adam and Eve had choices. Jesus had to come because of choices were broken and made that went the wrong direction. If you believe that you have no responsibility or no accountability, then that's why people, they blame everything on God. It's all his fault. Then your view will be, God is teaching me something by giving me this disease or sickness. That is not how he works. And there is no scripture to back that up. That is a man-made belief. According to the Bible, you don't have to be sick, poor, or depressed. It's my choice. That doesn't mean you can't have hard times. That's not what I'm saying. But how you, do you know there's times that I don't know how this woman did it? And I'm only telling you, <laughs> telling you from my experience, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm telling you from my experience. I remember us having $15 to $25 
a week for a food budget? 15 to $25. I don't think I can eat on 15 to You know what I'm saying? She would make, but she would somehow, God would do something and it would stretch and she would do amazing things. Times were tougher then. But God still made, he still provided. We came home. We, don't even, we didn't tell anybody anything if we didn't have any food. Bless uh, Charlotte was amazing. Her and Charles, they, would, they wouldn't get any answers from Kim or I. Do you guys have food? Oh, yeah, we got food. They'd ask the kids. Do you have Pop-Tarts? No, Grandma, we don't have any Pop-Tarts. Do you have this or that? No, Grandma, we don't have any of that. And they would, they would just buy food and give it to us and we'd go back and we'd be just like thank you Jesus that'd be great there have been other times we'd show up and we we didn't know what we were going to do we didn't tell the kids that we get home and there was five grocery bags on our front I to this day don't know who put them there I didn't tell anybody but it was groceries with good stuff in it I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread he is amazing you have to choose him if you you're going to have plenty of opportunities if you're just breathing and walking in this day and age to be sick, broke, or depressed. <laughs> Don't take the bait. Psalm 34.1 says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. So what do I need to do, Brett? We need to repent. Lord, for the things I've said that haven't lined up with your word, I break that in Jesus' name. God, help me to watch what I say. Watch what I listen to. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says this. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. See, God is giving you a multiple test or multiple choice quiz right here. And I don't even like quizzes or tests. But he's given you one and he's even telling you the answer. Here's A, life and blessing. B, death and cursing. Choose A. That's what he's saying. Choose life. So, Brett, Pastor, what are you telling me? As much as I love you, as much as I'm finding all of this out for myself, so please understand, I'm not saying this doesn't, I have to do this too, and I have to make changes too. So I have, this is for me as well. But the choices are up to you and me. Do you want to get offended and live offended, live wounded? You can. Do you want to live blessed? You can. If God's telling you to do something, it's easier not to. You can choose not to. Or you can choose and do what he says. It's your choice. But if I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see. And I've had points in my life that that has happened to me. I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I've become. I didn't like what I saw. I wasn't happy. Now, I, I, some of the stuff, I obviously I didn't have in my notes, but you know, who you hang with, what you do, who you're going to choose to be your soulmate or live for the rest of your life with. You know, I, I had one other serious girlfriend before Pastor Kim. I dated a lot of girls, but I only had one real serious girlfriend. But I got to the point where I looked in the mirror and I didn't like me. 
didn't like me. I didn't like what I was becoming. I didn't, I didn't feel good about that relation. I just didn't, I, it wasn't right. I did not know her. I did not even know she existed at that time. But I remember I looked in there and I said, God, there's got to be something else. You have more for me than this. This is not your plan. And so I said, I'm done. And so that's what I did. I broke that relationship. I said, I'm done. And that wasn't easy. Wasn't real, real long. I mean, I don't know. I don't even remember how many months after. Maybe it was longer. I, I don't remember. I just remember that was the choice I made and something switched. And I began to go after God more. And it changed everything. And it wasn't long where God said, I'm going to put this beautiful woman in your life. So she walked by me with a, carrying a tray of Ponderosa steaks. And my life changed. 37 years later this June. That's one choice that I'm so glad I made. But he broke that. Brett, what are you trying to tell me? I'm telling you, there's more out there than what you know. And if you want to walk in the destiny God has for you, then you got to start listening and watching what you listen to and what you say. Because words matter. When you break those words and you start pulling in the things that God's word says over everybody else, and you start walking in your destiny. You know, and with this church, how many know in here something's changed in this church? I mean, it's, it's just like increased. Everything's just starting to go where God wants it to because we had to get to a point. Not just obedience, but just like, Lord, what do you say? And that's where we are. I just want what he says. And we are going to change lives for the kingdom of God. And people are going to get saved and find Jesus and find answers. Bow your heads, close your eyes.